0: Boggers on a mission, and the stakes are getting higher, other teams in the majors, don't have a prayer against the Friars, long ball, small ball,
1: ball, back against the wall, ball. offense, defense, swinging from the back fence,
0: running down the bases, gonna touch them all, watch a swing in the ball. Greetings and welcome to the East Village Times podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and with me as always is Mr. Dominic Stern. What's up, Dominic? How you doing, man?
2: Doing great. I got out. I golfed for the first time on Tuesday. Nice. So I, I got out of the house, stayed COVID safe. So I'm in a very good mood and I can't wait to have a discussion with our guest today, Randy Jones.
0: Yeah, we have a we have a very good guest today. Uh, you know, it's been a work in progress trying to get Randy, John, Randy Jones on, on the podcast for, for a couple of years. Uh, we finally got it done, though. Uh, Randy Jones will be here with us shortly. Uh, 1976 Cy Young Award winner for the San Diego Padres. Uh, and just one hell of a nice guy. So you're definitely going to want to stay tuned and listen to that. Uh, Padres are kind of in limbo right now, waiting like everyone else I can, we're kind of waiting for some moves to be done. Uh, hopefully in the next week or two, we might see a little, see a little moving and shaking, but you never really know. Right. Dominic.
2: Yeah. And I mean, this off season's definitely gone slower as a Padres fan because I mean, at this time last year, we had already traded for Trent Grisham and Zach Davies. We had already yeah. signed Drew Pomeranz. We had already acquired Tommy fam and Jay Cronenworth. Yeah. And to this point, hasn't really been much. I mean, there's been the tenders and the non-tenders. So,
0: 2020 probably had a lot to do with that in the, in the the trying year that everybody's had and and the difficulties that everyone has. But I'm sure that AJ Preller is uh, busy this time of the year, and uh, there should be some acquisitions or something done within this team uh, in the next week or so. Um, Without further ado, let's, let's go ahead and bring in uh, Randy because you know, that's what everyone's here to listen to. Not us, right? 100%. hundred percent. Yep. Let's bring him in. Welcome back. Padre fans honored to be joined by Randy Jones today, Mr. Randy Jones. How are you doing RJ?
1: Hey, I'm doing great today. You know, just, uh, you know, excited about the holiday season right now and, uh, and looking forward to 2021. Yeah.
0: I think we're all looking for
1: 2021. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs>
0: Man, how exciting is it to be a Padre fan right now? I mean, you, you you've been with this organization for a long time. You've got to feel the excitement from this fan base right now.
1: Oh, I definitely do. I am, and I, and I. I think we all, you know, even you know, through Twitter and everything else, social media, you know, our shortfalls, what we need to work on, where we need to get stronger. But I I have never seen a day in and day out lineup that we put out on the field. I've never seen a better one in my fifty years. Never. Yeah,
0: it's. It's, it's exciting. I mean, let's just get right to the point. Talk about the, the, the kid that everyone seems to be talking about. And that's Fernando Tatis jr. What's your impression of the, of the young Dominican infielder. I mean, he he's just, he seems to get it. If I don't know, that's the only way I can kind of put it is that he just seems to get how to play the game.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's a mindset. I think he grew up in it. And he, and he was taught well by, you know, by his dad and, and everybody around him, but you know, also I, I just think he's his mental focus he can, he can isolate things out, block things out and just play the game and have fun. And that's the energy that we see and the excitement that we see and that we enjoy is it, his pure pleasure of playing the game. Like he does. And, and, and that's a, and that, and that mentally, is it just, it's just amazing. I mean, some guys get it. Some guys don't, uh, you know, like I said, after 50 years, I've you know, I've seen, I saw some of the best pitchers I've ever seen in my life. They had the best bullpens I've ever seen, and I, and I was, I was bewildered. I mean, how in the world has anybody ever hit you? You know, then they get out on the mound, and mentally they can't, they can't handle the pressure. Um, you know, and then that's the difference. That's yeah. a big thing. Your bucket's a little tight; it's a little harder. You know, <laughs> but you know, Tatis, he, he just gets it. He, he believes in himself. Um, yeah, I mean, he's gonna go through slumps. I mean, every every player does, and athlete does, but it's just how you handle it, it's how you you work yourself through it. Um, but he's got a belief and he blocks things out and just plays the game right. And it's just so much fun to watch. I love it.
2: Yeah. And the thing that stands out to me is that he looks really good in the brand new 2020 Brown Padres uniforms. And you were a member no, of the right. Brown Padres, uh, in, during the 70s. Now that you've seen the new Padres uniforms on the field, as opposed to like, you know, the the brownest back reveal and just like the photos, what were your opinions on the brand new uniforms and how do you think they compare? You know, did you like the new uniforms compared to your brown uniforms? What were your thoughts on those?
1: No, I do. I I love the brown uniforms. I mean, you know, my, you know, my take within the last 10 years and talking to ownership, I don't care if it was Ron Fowler, Peter Seiler. Hey, you know we need to identify ourselves. Blue's not our our color. Brown is, and we and we we need to initiate. If you're going to build something here in San Diego, you know, build it with a tradition of your own colors and be consistent. And that's why I love bringing the, the brown back like we did. And the fans wanted it, and I think they did a great job, a real clean job. And usually the players will kind of, they'll dictate kind of you know what what those uniforms might look like is moving forward. They might change a little bit, but I think overall, I mean, they've, they've done a great blend of the Brown and they look good and Hey, they're playing good in them. So I don't fix stuff. That's not broke guys. Yeah. I just, I'd leave them right where they're at.
2: Do you have a favorite one of
1: the three, Uh, the home or the road ones? Hell no, no, I don't, (laughs) I'm not going there, man. I, I like the Brown overall, you know, the reaction, yeah, um, you do know, I have favorite old uniforms. Well, I I wasn't really fond of the uh, brown sturves gold sannies, and white shoes in '75. That wasn't my, one of my favorite looks. But you know, what the heck? What are you gonna do? But I think overall, what I what I do like is I like the blend of the brown and and when you get white, brown, and gold together in 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 our like our own uniforms, I'm I'm impressed. And you know, like and I I like the military stuff. I the players like them too. Yeah. We wear them quite a bit and the you know, recruiters, our military, and being here in San Diego, and I think that's pretty cool. You know, I mean, I've got mine, man. I don't know yeah. about if you got yours, but I've I've yeah. got my camo stuff. So I haven't got to wear it yet, but I'm still waiting. Yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> for sure. You know, let's talk a little bit about the old school. I mean, yeah. Brown or the stick on the Brown uniforms, if you will, you know, you you played from, for the Padres from 1973 to 1980, uh, which is the same years as Dave Winfield did, which is kind of, kind of funny. Um, Give me your impression of Winfield. The first time you saw him, Uh, I, I know he was drafted the year after you, but give me your impression. The first time you met the first time that you saw Dave Winfield.
1: Well, the first time I met Dave Winfield was actually probably 1971 in Alaska. Okay. He was playing for Fairbanks. I was playing for Anchorage pitching. And so I I knew Dave, you know, a couple of seasons before we got drafted um, okay. and we competed against each other. Uh, you know, I faced him many, many times, um, you know, and he banged me around and I got him out. Yeah, you know how that works. But, yeah. you know, overall, I just remember that I got called up in 73 uh, about a month before that draft. You know, and they we drafted Dave Winfield. Next thing I know, you know, Dave was in the big leagues with us, right out of, you know, the University of Minnesota. Uh-huh. But I always reminded David, because I I I didn't know him. We had a relationship, a friendship, and I always reminded him, you know, I, I had a month more in the big leagues than he did. Yeah. So at that point in time, <laughs> So I always reminded him um, you know, well, you know, what a what a what a great teammate. And and to watch him grow up. Yeah, he had some rough times, and he had to work through his own ego, I think, a little bit early years, which is fine. I mean, it's understandable. Uh, but, you know, what a what a great ambassador for baseball, and and he played the game right, guys. That's all I can tell you. I mean, I remember his first home run, that line drive to left field, you know, and uh, he, he thought it was off the wall because he was, he, he was trying to stretch it out into a double. You know, so he got to the second base so fast with those, you know, the long legs of his. Yeah, I'll never forget it. But I mean it just uh had a great career. I'm I'm glad that he started in San Diego and uh I know he he respected that and but you know he was gonna move to move on to bigger and better things. That's just yeah. that's the way he did. Dave Winfield's personality. It didn't surprise me at all.
0: Awesome. It was, it must've been nice to see him mature and grow as a ball player. I mean, you, you it
1: did. Yeah. yeah. It, well, it really was. I mean, yeah. guys, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, and it, it, it just, and, and through all that growing up there, that, that was some good years, very productive yeah. years. And yes. you got to remember, he had a lot of lineups Everybody's They're pitching around him. They weren't going to give him squat yeah. to hit. Yeah. You know, get real. You kidding me? Yeah. I knew that. And I, I was, I was, I pitched every fourth day, man. I knew he wasn't going to get much to hit. Yeah, I remember one game against Cincinnati. Uh, Jack Pillingham actually gave up a grand slam to, to Winfield in the first inning. I got the first three outs at, at the Murph. You know, he came up, he had a grand slam. I just remember looking over Josh McNamara and I said, If we can catch a few ground balls, I said, This game's already over. And <laughs> I ended up winning four to nothing. So and that was the only four runs I saw all day Fantastic. long.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, four runs is. <laughs> it was- is
1: a lot, right? <laughs> that was a lot of run, that's right. Yeah, well yeah. said, my friend.
0: Different, different day of uh, a different year. Oh, you have
1: no idea. Four runs, you better win.
0: Yeah, well, let's let's talk a little bit more about the different era. You know, 1976 Cy Young Award winner, you threw 315 innings and you struck out 93 batters. You Man. pitched contact, you 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 made batters get themselves out that's right how frustrating is it to see the modern day of modern game where everyone throws 95 and everyone wants to blow everyone away and games are four hours pitchers can't make it past five six innings give me a little bit about that because you and i've had this discussion plenty Mm -hmm. at the field
1: yeah well i think you know after a few years of this now i i am softening up a little bit Okay. okay this is what it is okay okay and but I understand that now it's radar gun and max effort right from the first pitch of the game um that doesn't make any sense we We as starters in the old days see we 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 were processed to go nine yeah. you know you, you had to leave something in the tank I mean you just didn't give it all out in the first three or four innings, you know, and it's not like going to the motions, but you just you knew it you you had to know how to pitch yeah and and I think overall now it's just it's, it's it's a power game, and I get it. I mean that's what we're doing right now. But sooner or later, you know somebody's going to figure it out, guys. And you can get your five man rotation. You go ahead and give me you can give me four guys that want to throw ninety nine hundred miles an hour. All right. But what you need to do is plug in a Randy Jones or a yes. Moyer or, or a Greg Maddox into that five man rotation. Mm-hmm. You know, in my opinion, they I'd have a field day if somebody plugged me in, in between a couple of guys that are throwing ninety nine. Seriously, there's no way in the world that 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 other lineup is going to make that adjustment yeah. that night.
0: No yeah. way. And it would screw you them know? up the next time they saw a hard oh, throw, right? <laughs> I
1: mean, I mean, you, you know, like they don't have no idea. I used to feel sorry for some of these guys because they didn't have a chance. You know, yeah. I knew you know seventy four mile an hour sinker ball moving that much. They didn't have a chance. The only thing you do is hit a ground ball. It would maybe. They were gonna, yeah, you know, yeah, and, exactly. and I, I, I made a living out of that. And, uh, you know, make overall today. It's, you know, it's, it's not a lost start. Number one, Randy Jones wouldn't even get drafted this year. If I wasn't, I wouldn't yeah. even get drafted. Guys. True. What throw 85. All I knew how to do was get people out and win yeah. and that, that doesn't count anymore. You got to no. light a radar gun up.
0: Yeah. You can't measure that on a stat sheet, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> And you know, it like you know, you funny, you mentioned like 93 punch outs in three hundred and fifteen innings. Mm-hmm. You know, it you know what, and I guarantee you 50 of those are the other pitcher. <laughs> right. Think about it, man. You know well, what I mean? Yeah. Hey, I only I probably only struck out about 40 real hitters.
0: Hey you, know, you got outs though, right? You got the yeah, you got the it, W's, that's uh, all that matter.
1: If I punch you out, you really suck. That means you swung and missed three times. God you know, I pitched a con to hit it. I want you to hit the ball. Yeah. That was my whole goal. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's what I wanted you to do.
0: Yeah. Nice know. three, four, five, five pitch inning, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, then, well, that's you know, like you talk about twenty-five complete games. Where I probably averaged ninety, anywhere you know, from ninety to ninety-five pitches every every complete game I had. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a couple. Yeah, I went ten innings, eleven innings, where I pitched maybe 120, yeah. 130. But most, most of my, most of my games are about 90 pitches, 95 pitches. Wow. Wow. Yeah. You know, I loved it. I had the one against the pirates. It was uh, nine innings. I won three to one that threw 68 pitches. Wow. 59 were strikes. You'll never see that again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, I thought the funniest thing was in the eighth inning night, I looked over and I saw Chuck Tanner whistle. And he and he put a finger up like this. I mean, take a strike. And Richie Hebner was the first hitter, a left-handed hitter. And <laughs> right he, you know, and everyone, I'm I'm looking over at Tanner, and I look back at Richie. I went, "You're taking a strike." You know, <laughs> I'm I haven't walked anybody, even come close to walking anybody all day. You know, and I feel I Richie Hebner a fastball right down the middle, just straight as you know, and he he had to take a strike one. And he looked up at me and I go, you'll never see that pitch the rest of your life. <laughs> and he started busting up and, and he didn't too. Trust me. He never saw it again, but I, it just, you know, I, that's just old school baseball and how we competed. You know, it just, uh, it was phenomenal. I mean, I'd go on a road trip where I had to face, uh, I had Tom Seaver, in New York, I had Carlton in Philadelphia and I had Nolan Ryan in Houston, one road trip. Those are my three opposing pitchers. And I went two and one, you know, oh. because I got, I got beat by Nolan Ryan, one, nothing in the dome. I was really ticked. That, that's you know, not your I fault. Hate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but i you know, all I needed is two runs, but I wasn't getting that. But I think just overall, that's, you know, those are the, the seventies when I pitched and I, I've got memories that uh, I wouldn't trade for anything. Keep your money guys. I'll keep the memories. And the, yeah. and the great the great ball players that i got to meet in my my career in the 70s phenomenal just phenomenal
2: i'm coming up on two years out of the game and i i threw 70 in high school and my coach loved to bring me in after our usd commit who threw 89 and uh it, they they didn't touch me they they touched him less but they didn't touch me either so it's definitely <laughs> – it's it's definitely not a lost art, and we saw something similar this season from the Potters and Zach Davies. He would very right. rarely touch ninety, but the cutter moving away, the two seamer, the sinker moving in, along with the changeup. Did you feel like you were kind of watching yourself and Zach Davies a bit? Obviously, like,
1: yes. He, yeah, yeah very yeah, very much so. I maybe mean, maybe a different style, but had a lot of movement on you know uh, on the changeup. Yeah. And Stephanie, and I just relied on all movement. And that that was me. You know, and I um I being a left-hander, it it just it came it just came up the wrong side of my hand. I don't know what it was, but uh, but I was able to master it and change speeds with it. And so was he. And then and when you can work backwards, I I remember back in the early 2000s when, you know, finally, you know, Jake Peavy, as dominant he was when he first got called up. He finally learned how to throw that little off-speed slider and that straight change, mm-hmm. you know. And then and I kept barking at him. In spring I remember I was in spring training with him, barking at him that, you know, you need you need to perfect these off-speed pitches. You got to get to the next level, yeah. you know. And he did that. And the next thing I know, he won a Cy Young award, yeah. you, know, set, you know. And he finally, he learned how to pitch. And that's one of the key things. A lot of these kids, yeah, they throw hard, but you got to learn how to pitch. You know, and I, and I don't, I don't think the new, um, the, all the analytics of baseball. Yeah. It is intriguing. And it's interesting. It is, it's 2020. I get it, you know, but it's just like, you know, all the, all these, you know, you know moving, moving the players, you know, for pull hitters. And yes, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have tolerated that, you know, where I, <laughs> how I pitched the contact.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah, just
1: leave everybody right where the hell they're at. Let me work
0: seriously, out. you're not, you you're know? not going to be very happy giving up a broken bat ground ball through the second base hole when the, the second baseman's up the middle, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know, you they, they
1: would not because number one, but you know what you're doing now, you're going to, you're going to change the position of all, all, all my defensive guys. Now that changes the way I have to pitch. Yes. You no, know, no, you're not.
0: And, and you, you always got to look behind you, see where your defense is, and it just gets you out of your game, right? I mean.
1: Yes, and it would. It would definitely get you out of your game. And, you know, the, like, well, now you got, you got know, sophisticated scouting reports and video and everything. And, you know, in the old days, hey, we, we, we just had, you know, I knew every hitter in the National League. I didn't have it. I, there was no book. The book was in the back of my mind. <laughs> I, I knew how to pitch everybody, you know. And then you get some more of the new guys up, then you got to, you had to figure him out. Yeah. which was pretty cool. But I mean, hey, if you make good quality pitches and pitch well, you get people out, you know, yeah. that's that might take a little luck. And other times you make the perfect pitch and the guy hits, you know, three rows up and you've got to scratch your head and go, okay, you know, back to the workshop. Yeah. But uh, I can remember like in Wrigley Field, I mean, I gave up a couple of hits one day in the, in the first two innings, I gave up two hits in the 5.5 hole on and good sinker balls it really irritated me. So I thought, all right, I'm, it's the wrong speed. So all I did is I, I took a little more off and all of a sudden, you know, the next two guys hit ground balls to the third base, but I went, all that's right, let's throw a little too hard. Yeah. You make those little adjustments. Yeah. Oh, you know, and, and and that's what you're able to do. But when you're out there today, you're still, Hey, everything's 99, you know, 98 miles an hour, let's throw as hard as we can, you know, sooner or later you're going to learn how to when you learn how to pitch and you understand that less is better yeah you know let, let a hitter get himself out
0: yeah, yeah. a lot There's of these
1: kids a lot of these young arms we have they have they don't understand that concept
0: i was going to ask you do they just look at you like you got two heads when you start talking about oh. changing speeds and yeah. taking a little bit yeah, like off, a deer, like a deer in headlights guys <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have what are you no talking clue. about
1: <laughs> i mean are you what are you nuts man yeah. come on throw a hundred yeah you go yeah yeah, what happens though, when you throw that hundred mile an hour fastball to a big league hitter and he pulls a foul down the left field, down the left field line, right by that yeah. third baseman? And, and The picture looks up and he goes, "Whoa, did you did you pull the, my best yeah. fastball foul? Yeah, yeah, you did. I did. Yeah, and that and so that hundred miles an hour is nothing. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it'll go right back to movement and, and things. And you can ask Trevor Hoffman all about that. And he might tell you a thing or two as well. You know, about this some of your Hall of Fame pictures, but you know, I love the power arms. Don't get me wrong. It's kind of fun to watch. I love the punch outs, you know, but if, if you're going to try you strike out everybody and punch out 16 and five innings, you're only going to go five innings.
0: Yeah, you're at it. It's difficult. People don't, you know, sometimes pitchers give uh, the hitters a little bit too much credit that, that, yes. that, that, it's easy and it's not easy. And it you can put the ball right down the middle and the best guy in the world is going to pop up or, or make himself out. And that's just yeah. the reality of the situation. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, it's just coming up your fingertips. I mean, I don't, you know, I, number one, I think the hardest pitch to throw is a straight one, but of course that's me. Yeah. You know, I, I couldn't throw the ball straight anyway. What the hell? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I'd throw even a double play ball on a second base. I'd throw Tito a sinker ball, you know, <laughs> and he knew that, and, yeah. and he he would just turn the double play. But I mean, I I'm forcing the ball. Got to be kidding me! I didn't throw four seamers. Yeah. But I think you know, overall, it's all about that last little bit of movement. That's all it takes, you know. And that's and that's why changing speeds. A lot of these guys, if they would just realize that a a, a mediocre BP fastball like 85 miles an hour in certain situations would get so many guys out, you know, but they can't get it through their head yet. They got to learn that. And hopefully, you know, a lot of them do. That's 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 just part of pitching. It's the art of pitching.
0: Yes, yes,
1: really is.
2: And so, for me, one of my favorite pitchers on the Padres is Chris Paddock, and he came up in 2019, had that great rookie season, uh, and then 2020, the COVID off season, had a good start in 2020, and then the last half of the year was extremely inconsistent. All right, so, why? Why? Well, for me, I felt like watching him, his fastball, he really relied on upward movement with a ton of spin rate going up. And then it seemed like he wasn't getting that elevation off his fastball that could separate the difference of height change between the fastball and the changeup. Remember,
0: so were, an answer from a 20-year-old 20, 20 here, Randy. I'm
2: 19, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not not James. Sorry, I'm not sorry, team.
0: I aged you a year. <laughs> uh,
2: right. So you've had more discussions with Chris Paddock than I have. If you were to give a pitching lesson to him, how would you change Chris Paddock to make him more of the pitcher he was in 2019, as opposed to the inconsistent one we saw in 2020?
1: I tell him number one to, you know, work on that slider, you know, and don't quit on it. He needs that slider. He needs secondary pitches. Kid knows how to pitch. You know, I I think he lost a little bit of his command on his fastball. The second half, I agree a hundred percent, but still, I mean, you can't still, you just can't use a a straight change. You know, yeah, he's got a curveball. It's a worthless curveball that everybody knows he's just showing he's not trying to get anybody out with. So, hell, they don't, they're they're not even thinking about swinging a a secondary pitch called a curveball. So it's fastball changeup. You know, you're going to get your butt kicked in this league. It won't work. I'm sorry. You know, you need that third pitch. You know, if if you want to call it a cut fastball, you want to call it a slider, I'd like to call it a slider. That's what he needs to develop, you know, come up with that pitch, a different angle, a different look. That sets, that complements your fastball and your changeup. But when you walk out there and you only got two pitches, I mean, sooner or later, my friend, you're going to get your butt kicked. You're going to leave a changeup over the middle of the plate. Which how many times have we seen or a fastball, you know, he gives up that home run, a two-run homer or whatever it might be, gets himself into trouble. You got to eliminate that and that secondary pitch, that third pitch is all he needs. And it's right there. I think a lot of times these, these kids have already been through a Tommy John surgery or whatever. They're going to hurt themselves, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're going to get to the next level, so be it, take a chance. You know, I mean, I'd rather take a chance and work on that slider. You know, if you're going to be scared to death and it hurts your arm, you know, then you might as well find another job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hear
1: you. know, you. Let's do it. Right. If you're going to do it, do it. Right. Yeah, I hear you. Have you have you had a lot of conversations with Paddock or with Chris? Well, no, not, not a lot of them, no. I okay. will not go there. I mean, okay. I'll I'll uh everything that I do with pitchers is, you know, basically I'll talk to them about their mental approach and how they do that. A lot of times I keep it all positive. I'm mm-hmm. not the pitching coach. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I might have my opinion. I'll keep them to myself. And if I have opinions, mm-hmm. I'll go straight to the pitching coach. I'll go to the Rothschild and I'll tell him what I think and let him worry yeah. about it. Yeah, That's yeah. what I do. But everything I talk to them, y'all yeah, get on them. And, you know, like when you leave a change up over the middle of the plate or elevate a fastball, you know, I'm the next day in the club, I'll them all over their butt, you know, the hell with that. You're better than this. It's the big league. You can't leave everything over the middle of the plate. Yeah. Come on, man. You know, so I'm not afraid to yell and squawk at them. They need to get barked at. You know, but I I, I do it in just in a positive way with all these guys. I'm not changing mechanics. I'm not. That's that's not my job. Yeah. Okay. I mean I mean they're they're sitting here throwing 95, 96 miles an hour. What the hell are you want me to tell them? You know? <laughs> guys, are you kidding me? What are you nuts? Yeah. You know. but you know overall what you, what you got to do is just like Luis Perdomo, and it and, um, it drives me nuts where he wasn't able to change speeds. He got a great sinker ball. Yes. You know, but it was all about a power sinker ball. And, yeah. and I kept trying to convince him how to, how to take something off of it and gave him a couple of different ways of doing it. That uh-huh. the same way. I just grabbed your back foot a little bit like a governor, you okay. know, and okay. he helped you finish the pitch, but yet, you know, you can take you a little take bit off, off, off yeah. and, but he just mentally, he just, he couldn't cope with that whole concept or work on it. You know, yeah. wasn't willing to do it. Yeah. Um, that was a little frustrating at times because I just know how much better he could be if he just if the light would come on. Yeah, and a lot of times that's that's hard to do with some of these young kids. It's easier yeah. said than done. Yeah,
0: Um are so, stubborn, right? I mean, they they get they get they get to the major leagues pitching a certain way, and they think that that's how they got to do. And you just exactly. you have to adjust, right? I mean, you yeah. have to adjust.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it takes that special guy to maybe you know reach them, you know. Uh, you know, a lot of times and it's, uh, it's not easy, you no. know, no. usually, usually just like, like Paddock, we're talking about him. It's, it's the growing pain. Yeah. He got his, butt he got his butt kicked pretty good the last half of last year. Yep. And it, was that a wake up call? Well, we'll find yep. out in spring training. Yeah.
0: Hopefully, I mean things like this got to motivate you as a major leaguer to be better, and and hopefully he takes that in that regard, All right. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: let's not lose sight that before I won twenty games, I was eight and twenty-two in nineteen seventy-four. There you they go. Don't tell me I didn't pay my dues and get my ass kicked. There you before go. Before I learned, you yeah. know, yep. and it depends. Are you resilient? You know, can you make the adjustments? Work a little bit harder. You know, make yourself a better an athlete, better player. Let's For find sure. out.
0: For sure. You know, let's stick with the Padre rotation or, or the future rotation and talk a little bit about Mackenzie Gore. Have you have you seen a lot of Gore? Uh, yes. I know there's, okay. Give me your thoughts on him. There's been – you know, I've seen him pitch a few times. He's very impressive, very oppressive demeanor. Uh, give me your thoughts on on, on the young uh, North Carolina.
1: Well, number one, he's he got great mechanics, great fundamentals. He was taught well at a young age. He duplicates really well. Consistency. There's consistency in this young man. Um I think, you know, right now I think, you know, overall once again a power arm and understanding uh how you know when to use lust is better and, and be smart. And and the young man, he is young and he needs to learn that. Uh these 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 big league hitters, it's it's a different standard when you get to this that level. When you get to the big leagues, you know, it's it's not simple. But you, you gotta understand you're just not gonna blow people away like you might do in the minor leagues. Yeah. You know. But I, I think all the pieces are there. But I think mentally, he just got to get in, yeah, get into himself and how to pitch. And um, you know, I think he, you got to get to a point where you quit listening to everybody. Yeah, I think there's too many
0: people in his ear, personally. <laughs> okay, that's understandable.
2: Yeah, what did you make of the situation revolving around him? Obviously, it was only a 60 game season, and there weren't exactly a ton of opportunities for him to come up and pitch. But just like with not a whole lot of information circling around him, him being on the playoff roster, Ryan Weathers jumping ahead of him out despite being drafted a year later than him. Do you think with your conversations you've had with him, do you think that's going to affect him at all? Or is he still going to be the stud that Padres fans are dreaming of?
1: Well, I never want He's going to be the stud. Okay. And I hope it pissed him off. Yeah, <laughs> I really do. I, I hope that pissed him off. Yeah. You know, personally, I'd have, I'd have gave him a start in the playoffs. Personally, I'd have brought him up and, and, and threw him out there. Yeah. Understand, guy? We're only talking about the first five innings, right? Yeah. Six. Seriously, yeah. let's get real. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're not talking about some guy going nine innings. Yeah. In, in At yeah. this point, point. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and that—that's my opinion. I—I I think it'd been an invaluable experience, but uh, somewhere along the line, whatever he was doing didn't fit right with somebody in the organization. I have no idea. And that's why we did not see him. And he is young enough where they can they, they can take another year. I have no problem with that. But they don't tell me that he's not in the plans this year. If he's not in the plans this year, then go ahead and trade him then. What are yeah, you doing? Sure. <laughs> let's, let's get it done. I mean, him, Patino, the, the, these are supposed to be the young arms that we we're relying on. Well, yeah. let's find out. I don't need Patino in the bullpen. You know, go on an inning. Yeah. If he's yeah. going to be a starter, make him a starter. Yeah. You know, I don't, the wolves, I, don't, I don't. I don't like that. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. yeah. And
2: then you you mentioned Patino, who's projected to be a starter. And then there's also Adrian Marajon, who was also kind of put into that same role. Do you have the same feelings there with Marajon as you do as Patino?
1: Yes. Yeah. No. I mean, great arm. Don't get me wrong. These there's some great talent here. OK, yeah. Uh, yeah. but, you know, also, let, now let's go beyond. It's a secondary pitcher. Do you have command of those? And you know, do you know how to pitch? Yeah. Or do you know how to throw? And I think we've all seen, we've been witness to a lot of that, you know. Um, you know, and it's just a matter of uh, teaching these kids how to do it. It's the five best starters. I mean, they're looking for a couple of veteran starters, you know. For God's sake, we got enough talent right now in this organization Somebody can get the lead out of their butt and get these guys, you know, get their act together, teach them how to pitch. And, and we got all the talent we need right now, in my opinion. I've seen I've seen I've seen Tampa Bay do it. Bunch of young arms, right? Yeah. We could hey ours are just as talented as they are. But somebody's just gotta, you know, teach them and give them that opportunity. Go out there. You know, and I just think that, you know, a lot of times we get into these power arms and you know, hey, I'm I'm really impressed too when a guy comes out throwing hundred miles an hour. You know? oh, yeah. Also, but I'm really tired of the bases loaded. He's throwing hundred miles. An hour. <laughs> There's nobody out. Okay, yeah, that's right? yeah, really cute, but you know it's not getting anything done. And I think overall, as like I say, it's just learning how to pitch, and it's, it's all there. It's all the pieces are there. It's just getting the you know getting getting the right you know cooperation, you know, and in in teaching these kids how to pitch. And I think a lot of times too. Yeah, I mean, baseball might be a little bit nice, you know, and nice baseball. You I'm yeah. and I'm old school, just like, you know, anybody that's, you know, you've been around for a few years. We all got yelled at when we were kids playing baseball by the coach <laughs> and screamed at, and you know, mm-hmm. um, and you need that. Area I mean, once all you, it's it's healthy. Yeah, you know, you need to be intimidated a little bit and 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 wake up. And so, you know, a lot of times, you know, I just I see a lot of these young pictures, they go out there, they give up seven earned runs or make some really stupid decisions, you know, and there's somebody patting him on the back. Yeah. yeah I, I think BS, man, you gotta be yelling at his ass. <laughs> get on him. Love. Ain't going to get any better patting him on the back. Hell with that. It's not all right. You know, you want to yeah. give up, you want to give seven or eight runs in the start. Well, you can do that in Triple A. Get the hell out of here. There you go. I <laughs> hey, like that. I'll scare the hell out of you. You know, that's 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 what I look at. it. that's that. Now that's old school. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I got to go old school.
0: Yeah. Don't have no. to apologize to me. I love that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I'm I'm just saying. Yeah. Hey, we you get a couple of guys giving seven eight runs, you know, hey, you're gone. You're toast. Yeah. You're out of here. Yeah. You know. And you got to remember the old days, man. If you're in the bullpen. You know, in the the early 70s, if you're in the bullpen, that means you stunk as a starter. That's how you got to the bullpen. Yeah. yeah. We we didn't have experts and closers. You know, everybody goes, like everybody says, why did you complete 25 games? And I said, well, hell, if you'd have seen those guys warming up, you'd have finished them too. Man, (laughs) they're not coming into my game. Get out of here. You know? (laughs) Uh, but, my it's, yeah. <laughs> but it's just, you know, overall today, like I say, it is a different game. And it, you know, and, and to win 20 games is 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 uncanny now. Yeah. And they don't yeah. go they don't go enough innings to get that many decisions like we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's just incomprehensible, you know, today by these standards. And and, and I'm not gonna fault them guys, because it, it created careers for these middle relievers and the yeah. seventh inning guy, the eighth inning. I mean, we set up some opportunities for these guys to make substantial, substantial wealth and make a lot of money, you know, for a one one inning specialist. Pretty incredible. Really is. Yep. Yeah. And then
2: speaking of, you know, not really getting as many starts and as many reps, these pitchers are now coming off of a 60-game season. So their arms may not be as used to that full 162-game season. If you were a pitcher coming off of, say, 12 starts in the regular season, and you know you're going to have to make 30 to 35 starts next year, how would you train over this off season to set
1: yourself up to be able to do that to succeed for your team? I'd run more. I would run more. i get more endurance. i make my legs stronger. That's the key. I mean, the middle of the year, even in my so young year, I ran more the second half of the year than I ran the first half. Okay. You know? You know, because your legs are the real key to, you know, if you're going to, you want longevity, yeah, the arms are one thing, but it's the legs and stuff that you can let you persevere over 34, 35 starts, you know, and it's imperative that you keep your entire body, especially your legs and your, that's where your stamina and your endurance. Yeah. That's where it comes from. And see, and and I say that guys, but Hey, we're, we're looking now, if you, if you are throwing six innings to start, Everybody's pretty happy. Yeah. Seven, you know, you're almost a hero. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm sure I'm just being honest. Yeah, you know, and sure. uh, in in us, it was it was it's was, it was about going nine, ten innings sometimes. You know, I'm going the whole game, the whole entire game. Maybe a different mindset, but it, I mean, the real key thing was to be consistent and and have command and and hit good spots. You get a little bit tired late in the game. All of a sudden, the ball wants to elevate. You know. Mm. Yep. And I, and I taught myself in 74, that's how you can lose 22 games, you know, not be in good enough shape and elevate the baseball late in the game in the seventh inning. And I got beat, Yeah, you know, and that's the one thing I did learn. And I, man, I worked twice as hard. And I kept my legs strong. And, you know, you kidding me, I, I was, I was ready to go 18, not nine. I mean, <laughs> whatever it took, but that's I just I think overall today is if they're going to do something, it's, it's, you know, yeah, keeping your body in shape, but, you know they watch pitch counts and, and everything else, but also I think a lot of your starters, if they would just understand the use of the game, you know you throw throwing an easy 95, then why are you trying to throw a 98? Yeah, 95 should be able to get it done with with good yeah. second if you know how to pitch. Yeah. that's that's plenty of power. Yeah, but I you, you guys, right? you, you guys Low see key. over there overexerting, or they they get in a situation, in the second and third nobody out, and they try to throw yeah. the ball harder. Yeah. You know, what, a mistake.
0: Did, what a mistake. You were in those situations yourself. Did you take more off the pitch? Oh, sure. That, that, that's I, just I've taken I, right? I take a hitter as he has second and third,
1: nobody out. Oh, hey, he's just grinded, man. He's just scored those runs, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. You know. And, and you try waiting on a seventy four mile an hour sinker ball. That's really hard to do. Exactly.
0: You know
1: what I mean? Exactly. And and that's that's where I took I took advantage of it. Yeah. You know, most so of the time. I mean, you get these dead pole hitters, and and I wasn't afraid. I'd throw them two off speed sliders. A big left hander, you know, like Bobby Mercer, some of those old guys. And uh-huh. they, boy, they just they jerk those things foul, so man. Foul. <laughs> yeah, but you initially they look up at me and I go, now it's 0 you two. Know? Exactly. <laughs> and I'm smiling. I'm going, all right, good luck to you. Now. Yeah. You know, now, now let's play. You yeah. know, and I, yeah. and and I do it on purpose. A lot of left handed hitters, you know, you tuck a couple of sliders hard in on their hands. Let them pull yeah. them foul down the line. Yeah. All right, now good luck. Um, yeah, what are the odds of me missing with that sinker ball four times, four straight times on the outside block?
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: I, I don't think that was going to happen. Yeah. You know. Yeah. See what I mean? And and, and and that's just part of pitching. Understanding your your hitter, the situation, the scenario, <clears throat> and you want to make some of these good hitters really uncomfortable. Have the ability to do that.
0: Yes. Yeah. King and speed. it's not just about knocking them down either. You you oh, can make no. them uncomfortable
1: by. And there are times you might have to do that. Fine. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, but you know, number one, you know, that's once again that goes back to command and and understanding how to do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. straightening a guy up is one thing. You know, but you got to you got to have command. Yeah, and that that's the whole key. For sure. But I I, I you know, we go back to Paddock, and I mean, I just know if Paddock came up with a slider, you know, not a twelve to six curveball, the slider. I don't care if he wants to call it a cutter, you know, a four seam cut fastball. You know, Go ahead, all of that, just bat, but yeah. get command of it. You yeah. know, yeah. you know, where it's a money pitch. Yeah. You know, when it's two and one or three and one, you can throw it yeah. for a strike, exactly. and that's the key. Exactly. And a lot of these kids, they, I help. <clears throat> I always call it. You know, where's your money spot? Where's where's that spot you can hit nine out of ten times in the strike zone? Uh-huh. You know, see, mine was down on the way to our right hander at the knees on the outside corner. Mm-hmm. Nine out of ten times, I'm going to hit that spot. I guarantee you I'll hit that spot. Yeah. You know, yeah. so now uh, you got to have a money spot you can always go to. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of these kids have that. They're just throwing and a lot of times I think they get to a point they're just hoping they throw it over the plate. Sad but true. Sad yeah. but
0: true. Uh so yeah. this year 2020 was the first year that we saw the DH in the National League. Yes. Your thoughts on that. That's had to have been different for you. It seems like Major League Baseball is moving towards that direction. It is. It is. I mean, give me your thoughts. Uh, you know, i
1: would fine. You know, go for it. You know, we've had it in the American League now, and it's going to come to the National League. Then we can probably get you know more entertainment. You know, more more offense, no doubt about it. Uh, and on the other side of the coin, the you know pitcher don't worry about have to worry about the other situations. I you know, like I'm old school enough where I like the idea of the pitcher being involved in the bottom of the lineup. yaddy, yadi, you know. Yeah. But that's that's going by the wayside now. And you know, go ahead and let it go. You know, I haven't got a problem with that. Bring the DH in. And like I said, it'll prolong some careers, give some other guys opportunities. I'm I'm all for that. Um, and it's just not you know, like you know, like I say, I mean, if you're in the lineup, you're in the everyday lineup of a of a team, you know, think about it. I mean, you're gonna are you see the starter for your first two times, maybe three. Okay, but your fourth time up or your fifth time up. It's a new arm anyway. You know what I'm saying? You, yeah, you, you're exactly. seeing – you can see three or four different pitchers in one game as an as an everyday starter. And that's just the nature of how we play the game right now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's what it's going to be. So, yeah, believe the DH. But there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, and you've, are, you've, you've already mentioned throughout the podcast your complete games, your 25, winning the Cy Young, your losses in certain certain season. Do you happen to know your career batting average as a hitter? Oh, maybe a buck 20. 132.
1: So that's pretty good. Yeah, but I wouldn't hate. I wouldn't pay to hit. Yeah,
2: no, for <laughs> sure. I figured it would just be funny to see
1: if you knew about that. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. I have a follow-up question. So I know it never a home run, smartass. So I was going to ask. a All right. Uh, but, you know, I had that 18-foot wall at the Murph, man. I had to. I hit that wall a few times. I just couldn't get okay. it over that big giant wall.
0: So so you came close to that that elusive first Oh, home I, Yeah,
1: they'd always laugh at me too. I'd smoke one <laughs> off the wall and they'd laugh at me. You know. <laughs> good God.
0: But I uh you know, I
1: think overall the one thing I could do, guys, I I got my bunch down, I moved runners. And that's what kept you in games late in the game. If you if you couldn't bunt and, and move guys around, you know, you got a one to one game in the seventh, they pull you for a pinch hitter. Yeah. And so I've, that, that, I always pride of myself that I can get my bunch done and move runners, at least give myself an opportunity to stay in the game and try to win it. Yeah, You know, i I'll never forget that. That was one of my big goals, man. And that was, I was really proud of that. And, and the pressure was, is, you know, my old catcher, Freddie Kendall, usually hit eight, and he was carrying a piano, man. He was slower and <laughs> dog, man. I mean, I had to make the perfect bunt to get him to second base. Good God. You know, that's a lot of pressure. I'm telling you right now. Uh, it's crazy. I remember I remember uh, one one game in Houston but facing Nolan Ryan. Freddie got a base hit in about the sixth inning. He's on first base, and I gotta bunt him over. Oh, uh, Nolan Ryan told me about a hundred mile an hour fastball about belt high. Wow. And I felt I felt tipped it in the second deck. When I felt tipped it, it went in the second deck of the dome. Wow. Oh, That's how hard he was throwing that day. <laughs> yeah. And I turned around, and went, Gang. You know, <laughs> I looked out at it, Nolan. I said, "Hey, Nolan, I just took you in the second deck on a foul tip, man." You know, <laughs> we were kind of laughing about it. I went, "Good lord, man! I'm how am I supposed to get that, you know, hundred mile an hour fastball down to the bun?" Yeah. You know that <laughs> yeah, was crazy man i was you know a lot of fun parts like that for Good sure stuff
0: in the old days let's relive a little bit more memories qualcomm stadium or or San, or jack murphy stadium or san Diego stadium yeah. is being demolished right now you yeah. had some great great times there some great memories give me a you, what's one of your your top memories there or what what do you remember about the old stadium uh, now that it's going to be gone
1: well, you know, I just—I remember mean, breaking in there in '73 and, and joining the club, and then making my first start there. Uh, also, remember that in the first inning of my first start against the Atlanta Braves, Hank Aaron hit a home run off me. Yeah, about 18 rows in left center. It wasn't cheap, man. He smoked it. wasn't that bad of a pitch, I didn't think, but apparently it was. <laughs> but um, I mean, you go back to those memories. I just. I just remember, like, you know, my great year, 75, 76, and uh, my relationship with our fans. Um, that was phenomenal, man. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I was pitching really well, and the fans were coming out and responding to me. I might have been averaging an extra, I don't know, 18 or 20,000 people every time, every fourth day when I pitched at home. And um, it was just the relationship with them, man, the standing ovations. And um, it just, I'll never forget it. We had a lot of fun. And even the past, you know, 30, 35 years working for the ball club, whether selling barbecue at the ballpark or whatever, just, you know, talking shop with a lot of, a lot of our longtime pottery fans. And yeah. that all started at the Murph, man. Yeah. And it was, yeah. it was just phenomenal. And yeah. I just, I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. it really was fun.
0: Yeah, it's it's kinda kinda sad seeing it seeing it go down. I mean, that's something that I grew up with as well. You know, it's yeah. it's it's tough. It's tough seeing it go down, but
1: it is. It's it's the a lot of this stuff is really tough. But you know, it's uh, I think every everything's gonna evolve back to a certain degree if we remember it. I mean, the game, I don't think baseball never be the same as it used to be. That's not that's not the reality of it. Yeah. But I think, you know, overall you're gonna you'll see certain adjustments like the power arm and go by the wayside you'll see a blend of both coming back eventually uh-huh. i don't know when but you know you, you'll see it yeah. you know, the game's going to game's going to dictate that we need to do it
0: it is you're, you're right it's circular and you know i think full yep. and bases will come back like yeah. like we saw in the 80s with the cardinals and stuff you know yes time, but but the game will adjust it will it's constantly adjusting I mean, that's just yep. the nature of the game
1: it, it it really is, and it's in, in the it's uniqueness of how maybe somebody puts together a ball club, like you said, the St. Louis it's, yeah. is it speed in the top of the lineup, yeah, you know, or is it just all pure power like the old Orioles? Yeah, you know, yeah. we were waiting for the three-run home run, and 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 he's had hell. He had five Cy Young Award winners fit, pitching for him. Well, yeah, um, <laughs> that might work, you know, yeah. but I mean, I mean, but you, you're you're going to see you know a lot of that transition and stuff, and it's just a. Yeah the new era. It's a lot of young players. I mean, I'm, I'm finally of a point now at, at 71 years old where all of a sudden when I see all the new announcements for managers, coaches, I don't know any, <laughs> Who the <hell's> that guy? <laughs> I don't know any of them. I mean, I mean, it's fi- I finally got to that point. I'm like, damn it. You know, I don't, I don't want to say that, but yeah. you know, it is. I mean, yeah. Uh, it's a, it's just a, it's a new reign,
0: it's a new it's a transition. Yeah, that it's happens. Always, it's always it always seems to be. Um, you know, thank you so much for your time. First off, we want to get you out of here. I want to hit you with the last question. Uh, we just you talked bet. about transition. Give me your impression of the new Padres era, which you're going to head in with Peter Seidler at the helm. Ron Fowler did a lot for this club, made a lot of changes, a lot of positive changes for this club, but he stepped down. Give me some thoughts on Fowler, and and maybe some thoughts towards this new era that we're going to be in with the Seidlers.
1: Well, I Nearwadi yeah, I, I I'm really proud of Ron and his commitment trying to put up yeah you know, bring a winner to San Diego. Yeah. That's his yeah. whole goal. Um I think he, he should uh, all the years and all the hard work that he put in uh, to drop the reins to Peter Seidler. I uh, I think Peter's smarter, he's gonna delegate a little bit more of this. It's not gonna be Peter Seidler in my opinion. It'll okay. be someone else at that realm. You know, but I know where the direction comes from. That direction comes from Ron Fowler and Peter Seiler, yeah, principal yeah. owners. They're not done signing guys. They're not afraid to do that, as they showed with Manny Machado. I don't think they're 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 done yet. Um, yeah. the, their commitment is to bring a a championship team to San Diego, uh, but also what I really, what I embellish looking for the future, is not guys just here at the big league level. What we're watching, it's what we're developing. You know, I think A.J. Preller and what we're doing in the minor leagues, you know, holding guys, maybe coaches, instructors more accountable. Mm -hmm. Let's get these guys ready to play major league baseball. Yeah. And I don't think in the past years that we've done a really good job of that, to be honest with you. And we need to do a better job than that. You got to prepare these kids. And I think that's what makes St. Louis the Dodgers. And you continue to see them. I think it's all about, you know, Expectations and and what you expect of your players and what you're teaching your players for sure and for sure. and I think do these guys and AJ I'm I'm seeing much much more improvement in in, in on that basis when mm-hmm. I go to spring training you know I keep an eye on that type of stuff and I I like what I see yeah. you know um, suddenly like I say you got to push some of these kids every once in a while you know know the different personalities but you know push them when you have to push them. Uh, you can baby the ones you need to baby when they're 18, 19. But sooner or later, you know, let's find let's find out if they're gonna be able at to handle the pressure at this level. Yeah, exactly. Before it's too late, oh, right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. But I I'm 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 very bullish on the future. You know, I'm 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 tickled to, you know, be be part of the organization. I I know for a fact that I'll be part of the organization in, in 2021. Awesome. So awesome. um, I just, I just hope we have more baseball to watch guys. That's my yeah. old goal. I want to yeah. get back to the ballpark and I think that'll be yeah. healthy for all of us. And we all know it. Yeah.
0: Seriously. Seriously. Yep. Yep.
2: Yeah. And I, I echo what you say in uh, your thankings for Ron Fowler and AJ Preller for bringing what is really my first winning Padres team as a 19 year old, Randy, <laughs> Thank you for coming on. James kind of sold you short when he introduced you. This is 1976 Cy Young Award winner, Randy Jones. We thank you for yes. coming on, and we hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday
0: afternoon.
1: Hey, thanks, guys. Hey, let's let's do it again. We can reevaluate maybe around spring training. Give me a call. Awesome.
0: Awesome. Thank you, RJ.
1: Thanks, guys.
2: Welcome back to episode 130 of the East Village Times Padres podcast. I'm Dominic Extern, along with James Clark. And that was our conversation we just had with the 1976 Cy Young Award winner, Randy Jones. Man, what a conversation that was, James. Yeah. He yeah. gave us a lot of cool stories a lot of uh, his input about the Padres and about just the current baseball, because so, you we know he's a very old school guy. What'd you think of that?
0: Yeah. I, I always, always love talking to Randy and I, I'm just glad that we finally got some of this on audio. Cause you know, I've had conversations with him for years about pitching about, you know, the frustrations with the way modern pitchers are compared to the way he, he played and, he he delivered today. It was, it was fantastic to hear his opinions and stuff. And, you know, a lot of it is true. It's, it's tough to hear in the modern day and age of, of uh, analytics and spin ratio, but sometimes uh, you got to listen to these old guys. They actually know what they're talking about. And uh, I'm slowly becoming one of these old guys. So it's kind of ironic if you will.
2: Yeah. It's spin, it's spin, right? James. Uh, so <laughs> what did I
0: say? <laughs> spin ratio. Oh shit there you go <laughs> case in point
2: <laughs> yeah and he he called me a uh a smart ass so i think that's the second time i've been called a smart ass i i forget what dave Paley called me or maybe it was bernie <laughs> bernie was giving me crap for uh, for talking about seal in a positive yeah. manner yeah. so yeah. i'm uh i'm the troublemaker here yeah exactly but it was cool because you know, that was the i mean like you know i i've gotten his autograph before like one of the old pottery sings and you get like you're like you're like 15 seconds, like, ah, big fan, Randy. Like yeah. it was cool to actually have a conversation with him yeah. and get to talk to him. Cause I mean, I know that you're more established within the potteries and you have your sources. I don't. So th- that opportunity for me is really cool. So that I love that.
0: Yeah. He's, he's a great, great person, great, great friend. And, and it's really just, you know, he's just awesome to talk to. I mean, there's very few people with uh, awards and the ability that he has that are just so down to earth and, and, willing to talk to, to, to individuals like us. So it's, it's awesome to talk to him. Uh, I loved what he said about Mackenzie Gore. That that was fantastic that he, he, in his estimation, he should have been starting the playoffs. Randy's just like that. He'll, he'll, he straight up will tell you whatever he feels. And, and that's awesome. And I feel we got a pretty good show out of it.
2: We absolutely did. And I mean, I, I kind of agree. I mean, we, you know, we're, we're very uh, straightforward with our talks, Prior to the division series, we did not want Clevenger yeah. to go out. We said, Hey, an option is Mackenzie Gore. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, there are there options. And of course, we were very vocal with our frustrations with yeah. uh, the Padres bringing him out for that playoff game and him getting hurt. Or him is Clevenger, I should add. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't want to say I do agree with Randy, but I mean, that is certainly a better option than Clevenger would put us in a better spot going forward. So, for sure. Yeah. He, he certainly brings a different perspective. It's not. He does he doesn't have that straightforward opinion. He he thinks his own ways and he he tells him he doesn't yeah. want to be mainstream. He wants to be Randy Jones. That's For what sure. I love about it.
0: For sure. All right, smartass, take us out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. This has been
2: <laughs> this has been episode 130 of the Padres EVT podcast. I'm Dominic Stern. You can follow me on Twitter at DM Stern 19 to see my Padres content, my other stuff I do. With my friends at arizona state in terms of other baseball and football follow our main host james at evt underscore jay clark on twitter to see all of our articles for east village times follow us also at evt underscore news to see our content at east and you should also follow our guest randy jones on twitter he isn't really tweet much but you never know at rjbbq 35 because he's a Padres legend and you should follow him anyways. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, the Padres just tweeted something. I was checking to see if there was anything important, but it was just a wallpaper. Everything they tweet now, I, I have to check in case it's another Clevenger bomb. But <laughs> anyways, uh, keep checking out our work at eastvillagetimes.com. It's not only just Padres stuff right now. We've uh, we've had some San Diego loyal stuff. We've got some Aztec stuff. I'm I'm on that coverage team as well, so I've been writing. A little bit more about the Aztecs and have Padres, but that's just what what the times have been. So uh, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the East Village Times podcast. Check us out next week. We're going to come to you more often now that uh, I'm much more clear in my schedule. We thank you for tuning in, and we will catch you guys next episode.